welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast, where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I am Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Operation C for the Game Boy. Operation C was developed by Konami and released by them in Japan in January of 1991. It was released by Ultra Games in the United States in February of 91 and by Palcom in the European area as Probotector in May of 1992. Oh, so it wasn't like Operation P? No, it was not. Aww. I think it was just a re- same name just on a right. on a Game Boy cartridge. This game was released to uh, pretty good acclaim here in the United States, but really remembered very fondly in Japan. Oh, yeah? And it was re-released in the Konami Game Boy Collection in Japan in 1997 on the Game Boy Color. Okay. So it was a Game Boy Color multi-cart, I think. All right. right. And it added uh, Super Game Boy support for, for this game. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then I saw, oddly, that it was then released in Europe in the year 2000. Okay. Uh, That same collection. Always worth the wait, man. It sounds like it. (laughs) And then this was not the only Game Boy Contra game. Oh, yeah. There was uh, Contra the Alien Wars, a (laughs) port of the Super Nintendo game, also on Game Boy. Really? I I did not. I had not heard of this. Uh, Yes. In fact, I accidentally started playing that (laughs) instead of this. Okay. I was very confused at first. How does it uh, hold up? You know what? I think we might have to save that for another mini soda or something because I was pleasantly surprised. Okay, okay. And as you'll see, there are some things from this game that did then carry over all the way to Super C. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Nick, what kind of game is Operation C? Well, we are looking at a uh, side-scrolling, run-and-gun, uh, classic Contra-style action game. Yes, and this game has a jump, and it is a very Contra-style jump. Yeah, uh, it's it feels a little off in a weird way. Well, I think that almost every Game Boy jump does compared to its console counterpart. I think part of it is probably smaller screen. You know, I feel like mm-hmm. you still get the height you had before, but it does just doesn't carry you as far to the left or right. Yeah, which in some ways, though, I find a little refreshing because, you know, you're only using it to go up for most of this game. Generally, there's not a lot of platforming. There's some right. sections, so it's, a, you know, it's they dialed off or dialed it back a bit from the, the NES versions. For sure. So you have your pretty standard Contra jump. And then, of course, your other button is your fire button. Yeah. And this game is a little different than the other Contras to this point because now you have rapid fire built in to your main gun. That's true. You can just hold down the button and shoot away. And because of that, you will not see the famous R that then speeds up your normal gun. Right, yeah. It's gone the way of the dodo. But you will see many other things that you recognize from the Contra games. Oh, yeah. Such as the fact that you will be getting 
new weapons as you go through the levels. And they will be carried in by those strange little pods. Yeah, the, the balloons or whatever they may be. I mean, we, at one point we knew the names of what they were. Uh, what, yeah. They had an official weird name. They did, yeah. It's, ah. And as we mentioned, not every weapon is going to make it back from the NES game. That's true. It's a slimmer selection for your weaponry here. Yeah, you only have four guns. You have the machine gun, and that's your starting gun, your yeah. default. Yep, yep. But sometimes those little pods will come across with the wings. You'll shoot them, and you might find a, a three-way shot, but better known as the spread. Yeah, and uh, it's similar but slightly different than in our past adventures. The bullets are definitely larger. Right, and um, it starts off with a three-way shot, but if you collect a second one, it goes up to five. Yes. So you can get another level of power there. And this was my go-to for this entire game. Oh, yeah. It was about saving and holding on to the spread for me at, at second level. It's a powerful and effective weapon. Yeah, and it allows you to be a lot lazier in your placement as well. Sure, yeah. But then next up, we have the flamethrower. Yes, the F, the fire gun. This is... Uh, Similar to the Super C version. Correct. Um, where you shoot out a big fireball that will explode into four smaller ones. Mm-hmm. However, you cannot charge it up like in the in Super C. Right. But it's yeah, it's not the best. It's I think it's the strongest weapon. But I, I think so. I didn't really prefer it in most levels. And then finally, we have the weakest weapon, but possibly the most interesting, especially for the Game Boy game. Yeah. And that is the homing missile. Yeah, or I mean, it's really, it's not even missiles, they're just bullets, you know? Well, but, yeah. So it operates uh, much like the homing missiles in uh, Contra 3 Alien Wars. Which is what I hinted at earlier. Yeah, uh, it's it's the first time we've seen a homing uh, gun in this uh, game, and it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. It's, it's not the strongest, but it can make certain areas super easy. Yeah, and it's really impressive how well the homing uh, is and how it works and looks on the Game Boy. Yeah, I don't know how many bullets you can have on, like, eight on screen right. or something. It's uh, more than you would imagine, though. It's, it can be kind of tricky if you're just walking and, you know, shooting it out because sometimes it'll just start, you'll have bullets floating around in the air looking for targets. Right. And then you can't shoot. And so I I tricked myself a few times to getting killed because I couldn't shoot anyone. I had to wait for the bullets either go off screen or, or hit something. Find a target, yeah. But pretty cool. And like every Contra game, there is no health. You know, one hit is one kill, but there are lives. And you start with three lives. Yep, yep. Um, and they're, they're displayed with the little classic medals in the upper left. And you can get more through points. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's, I think it's 20,000 for the first one, and then like every 30,000 after that. It's very possible. I know you have, you start with two continues as well. Yeah, and that is the other uh, sticking point is that you only do have two continues, so there is a finite amount of men or tries you have to get through this game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this game has five levels, three of which are your side-scrolling levels. Correct. You do have two overhead levels a la Super C. Yes, and I lied because you cannot jump in those levels. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just like, uh, yeah, it's very much uh, you know cut from the same cloth. It's your basic commando or jackal style of gameplay. Yeah, yeah. Now, we don't always point these things out, but uh, I think it is important to note in this one, there are, of course, some codes in here, it being Konami. Oh, yeah. Uh, There is a sound test. And more importantly, there is a modified version of the standard Konami code. Right, yeah. It is uh, 
up four times, down four times, left four times, right four times, B, A, start. And that gives you 10 lives to start with. Yeah, I, I use this code. Mm-hmm. And then also very important is a stage select code that there is available. You can find out there. I'm not going to say it. But right, it right. lets you pick which stage you start at, which is definitely good for you know practicing those later ones. Yeah, for sure. Well, Nick, I am usually a big fan of the manuals that Konami provides. They are usually pun-filled and very exciting. <laughs> they are. Uh, please tell me they didn't disappoint here they, on the Game Boy. They did not. Oh, uh, great. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's small. It's only 15 pages. Uh-huh. Black and white, but you got some screenshots and a few enemy drawings. All right. The pun stuff is is here. It's it feels like it's edged off a bit from its peak in Super C, mm-hmm. but it's it's still present and just as good as you imagine. Um, you get a little story, and it's uh, when they establish, you know, after the first two battles with Red Falcon, now Black Viper is the new villain, and he is here to finish what Red Falcon started. Ooh, dang. And um, since this is a one-player-only one, they do establish that your character is Scorpion, mm-hmm. uh, Lance something from, you know, it's right. not Bill Mad Dog Co. or whatever. Right. So. <laughs> and we didn't mention that. That's one thing that does really set this game apart is it is a one-player game in the Contra series. Which, I mean, it's understandable. It's a Game Boy, so right. that's what you get there. Um, it goes through, explains the three power-ups, and you get some brief level previews and... Like I said before, there's an enemy section with seven enemies in it. Cool. Uh, any tips or tricks? N- not that I saw. There are no tips and tricks or memos. Ah, bummer. So, yeah, it's uh, short but sweet. Well, Nick, what was your personal history with Operation C for Game Boy? I didn't really have one. I was aware of it, but never played it. Agreed. Um, I think, you know, being having been burned... By playing someone else's copy of Castlevania Adventure. <laughs> I didn't think that, you know, the Game Boy was really that great at porting down, you know, uh, a Nintendo concept. I was a bigger fan of games that were made just for the Game Boy. Sure. I, you know, I was pretty dismissive towards it myself. So it was just, you know, off my radar all these years. Then what was your more recent experience with Operation C, Nick? Um, I beat this game. I played it four times. As did I. Um, the last two times using the the co- the lives code. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I You know, the first time I played it, I was able to get to level three out of five. Yeah, not hard in the beginning at all. So I really felt like I could do this from the get-go with uh, without the lives code, but not quite. No, they really start stacking a lot of enemies in the latter two levels for sure. And, yeah. And, the, you know, those, those horrible ceiling turrets. Yes, yes. Or... You know, we'll mention it later, but there, yeah, in level three, there's a section where it drained a lot of my lives many times before I finally figured out how easy it was to get past. It's a strange elevator sequence, but. Gotcha, gotcha. But I, too, played it four times. Um, I did save state at the beginning of levels as a fail-safe continue method. Sure. Uh, but with that 10-guy ten, ten code, it's really not that necessary once you've, you've played through them like two or three times. Yeah, it's you could beat it with that and then. Once you've got some of the later levels down, I'm sure it's doable. It's the standard um, Contra situation where you really just have to know when a guy's going to come out and be ready. Yep. Well, 
Well, here we are in the general chat portion of our show, and I would just like to start by saying that this was a pleasant surprise, and it really compared quite well to its NES counterparts. I agree, man. It, it, it's, a, it's a good-looking game for, you know, it's no colors, but I feel like, you know, they reproduced the sprite uh, very faithfully. Yeah, and in a way that wasn't too large yeah. for the screen. Yeah, it's uh, it, it looks good. The backgrounds look great, I think. There's something about just the black and white nature, you know, like yeah. maybe it's just that, you know, since you're not using colors, they have more gradations or whatever. Like it, it can add a certain level of depth and detail that I, I wouldn't see in uh, the NES ones. Right. I can, I can totally understand that because on the NES, you didn't have a lot of scales of colors. There was just these set various intense shades. Right, right. And then I, you know, wanted to point out that while there is no two-player, and it's very kind of weird, because for me, Contra is all about the two-player aspect. Yeah. I thought, you know, they did a good job without it. And for me, the smoothness of so many of the things in this game were just so impressive, especially the time it was released. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Um, That new gun, the heat-seeking gun, mm -hmm. that was a great surprise. And the part that you had trouble with, there's a couple places with these moving platforms. And I was like, have I ever seen a moving platform like this on a Game Boy game. Right, right. I was like, I don't remember because I feel like, you know, that was just too much for it to handle. <laughs> right, right. And it looks great. Yeah, they, they crammed a lot into that little cart, man. Now, the overhead parts, um, I think, are the main weakness of this game. I would agree. I... Uh, the aiming on them is a little funky. And when you have to do diagonals, uh, the fact that you have to move towards a creature or an enemy to do that is a big pain in the butt. Now, I found a way that I, I could not do 100% of the time, but it's if you're facing diagonally and shoot and just hold down the button, like where you could hold it in place, yes. where you were only shooting diagonally, well, obviously couldn't strafe, but it, it helped a little bit against some bosses, but I just couldn't do it all the time. And again, that's when you really, really, really want to have that spread gun, is in the overhead levels. Yeah. Or or the homing gun, man. It, it can, oh, yeah. It can save you from a lot of... Certain bosses are made way easier with it, I found. Oh, cool. That was my... I, I feel like it's almost broken in some ways, like because I really leaned on that pretty heavily. All right, then. And I think uh, we should mention the music where I would say at least half of it are just rehashes of Contra, I think from the first Contra. Yeah, but know, now so. they're in stereo. Oh, yeah. And, and there's a cool Game Boy sheen. Yes, I, I like them a lot. Like, there are songs I originally liked. I like both versions. Uh, and this, you know, it has that... That Game Boy Touch that uh, I really appreciate. And, you know, that was one thing that I think really carried over is not just the music, but the whole feel of that Contra world, the enemies, everything translated really well down to the Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. That I don't feel like, you know, this is a lesser version. This feels just like another Contra game. Agreed. Agreed. Well, now we are in the level-by-level level portion of our show, and this game only has five levels. So a little shorter than sure. your average uh, Contra outing, but I think the progression of these levels is really good. Yeah, it's um, the difficulty starts off pretty pretty chill, and then you know piles it on as you go later in the game, as the game should. Yes. Area 1 is titled, in the manual, you're entering Black Viper's Island Base. All right. And, man, this guy is quite the island base because this is a very high-tech area. Oh, yeah. And I, I, it definitely starts off giving you 
Super C vibes. It's very similar to the first level in that game. Mm-hmm. There are the tower style structures, people uh, running at you, and there are even the pop up turrets. Yeah, and the sloped parts, which give you that weird diagonal when you're shooting on it that mm-hmm. is the, the same in Super C. So <laughs> very much so. Now, this game does not really introduce many new enemies to the mix. Most of them are just troopers. Yeah, and they are ones you have encountered before. But what's cool is they look like the ones you've encountered before. So you can kind of get an idea of what they're going to do just from the looks of them. Yep. Uh, You'll see. I mean, here you'll either see the guys running at you or what used to be the crimson troopers or whatever. That That jump down. And shoot. Yeah, and those guys... um, You'll see them again, and you'll you'll know them. You'll recognize them even here in black and white. It's great, but really this first level does not offer that much of a challenge. No, there's some brief platforming at the end when you get over the water. Yeah. And I, I always felt I felt like I always had to lead off the jumps a little just to be sure because, mm-hmm. like like I kind of mentioned before, you don't have as far of a jump as, as you may be used to or expecting. But it really isn't that hard, and what's really cool about this level is the end and the boss there. Yes, the boss is a, a a large submarine called the BVN Ketchlawak. Yeah, because you have walked out over this platform and underneath a submarine rises to fight you. Yes, and it's covered with its own turrets and uh, and uh, some missile launchers. And um, this is a unique boss fight in uh, so far in the series because you know you're shooting downward. Yeah. to fight this guy. That's true, and he's it's pretty easy, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just blasting away the. If you get here with the fireball, uh, it destroys this thing super fast. Oh, cool. The only uh, the only tricky part I found is as it kind of scales back and forth and is shooting at you, there will be points where it'll stop and then enemies will come in from the side. Mm-hmm. And so if you're like me and you're hanging out at the very side, you'll just die and not even know what happened. And so watch oh. out. Stay in the middle of the screen when things get slow. Yeah, definitely. At least, at least scooch it in a little bit. But again, easy first level and then you move on to your first overhead, area two. Yes, uh, Black Viper extends his warmest tanks. Was that really his name? That's really what it is. I love that. <laughs> and, you know, it's very fitting because you are walking down this very uh, fortified corridor. You're mm-hmm. going in between a lot of large walls, and you're going to be met with many of the standard enemies. Sure, yeah. There's turrets there. The Lots big... of big turrets, which can be a pain. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, two really large tanks. One about uh, two-thirds of the way through the level and one at the very end. Yeah, these are Battletron tanks. Yeah, and the one at the very end, uh, it sneaks out behind you, which is the real tricky part. Yeah, they're the one that you fight that's on the right side of the... Uh, mm-hmm. It's vertically oriented. That one could be kind of tricky at first because there's a little, like, grenade launcher in the middle. Oh, I, I forgot about the two vertical ones. Like, that. that's the only... You know, it's it's... It has two little cannons that can barely shoot you, and you have some troops coming around. But it's it's an easy spot to lose one life because I, it really aims that first grenade right at you. Like, right. But you can you can knock it out super fast if you're if you're quick. And it comes in from off screen at the beginning, so you have plenty of time to hit it before it can even do anything. Sure. Now you make it through all of them, and you get past to that final one. It scoots out behind you. It's really not any harder. Same tactic: turn around and shoot it. Yeah, and those are especially easy with the homing oh, gun I can be- believe because that. you you don't even have to you can just it, they only shoot straight up so you just stand where you know they won't shoot and mm. blast away. And then once you have defeated him or her, whatever the gender that tank is, <laughs> there is a giant door behind you. Yeah, and it does not open. You just have to stand there and shoot it. Yeah, a lot, and it doesn't really give you any indication that you've done anything to the door either until it explodes. Yeah, and it seems like. 
there's a similar area I think in Super C, one of the overhead. You right. know, we have to blow up a wall, but there are no enemies coming after you, so it feels kind of pointless. I don't know. Right. But behind that wall, you are greeted with a wonderful Power Rangers like a uh, buildup oh, where yeah. you know a tank comes in from one side, a tank comes in from the other, and then there's a thing in the middle they join on to create the super tank. Yes, the BVA Kriplon. Dang. <laughs> yeah, this this boss can be a little tricky as it's a it's a long it's almost like a train tank that right. moves left and right. It's it's got two turrets on either side of the center that mm-hmm. are the same stuff you've been dealing with. Yeah, what makes it a little harder is that since there's you know basically an entire screen's worth of bullets coming out of it, you have to walk towards it to shoot it. Yeah. So, you know, you can really put yourself in a sticky spot. This was where um, the homing gun helps out a lot here, or sometimes when I was able to nail that diagonal, standing, pointing diagonally. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I like about the spread is there's no need to be diagonal when you've got the spread. Yes, indeed. But it's weak. You blow up the side cannons on left and right, and then the center part is the the weak part. Mm -hmm. It it does shoot little waves that come down at you uh, vertically. The only thing tricky about them is that they will absorb your shots, so you have to come at it from an angle somehow. Oh, yeah spread or otherwise but you can defeat this super tank and if you do you will move on to the third stage area three mayhem on mutant mountain really oh i guess you're you're ascending the mountain because you start in the jungle yes yeah which is similar to very similar to the jungle in super c but i think looks a lot better here the leaves are you know they're animated and very much more detailed yeah uh the turrets you're going to encounter are bigger and more futuristic looking, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the mountain where you have to ascend, and you're going to be greeted with an old familiar foe, the wall-mounted turret. Yeah, you'll see quite a few of those. On the this is a you know the vertical kind of like the waterfall mm-hmm. level in the jungle in uh, Contra One. And then it evens out for a bit. Yeah, once you get up to the, you get a little plateau there. And then uh, another nice throwback to the series. You've got a mini boss. About halfway through. Yeah, little uh, alien ship looking thing. Yeah, it just flies around and shoots a beam down. It's not in a spread. Very hard. No. <laughs> you can take it down pretty quick. And then after that, you just have a little more mountain to climb. And then you have, well, the joke's on you. That little creature you were fighting was just part of the bigger creature that is the boss of this level. Yes, it's known as the dynamic dual destruction device. Wow. So they're cranking out the alliteration with this. <laughs> and this boss looks way harder than it actually is, I think. Yeah, I think it's a cool-looking boss where you, you have kind of a, a lower section. It's a tank with some spikes. Platform, yeah. Yeah, and there's spikes <clears throat> and guns on the left and right. Yes, it looks very deadly and dangerous and, and organic. Then, and then, the yeah, and the, the top, the thing you fought before, it kind of can come down and you know it'll it'll adhere to the top for a minute and then separate and move around it has a laser that can shoot at you and really though you want to stay on that platform as much as you can so that you're not shot or rammed right by by the platform itself i did uh i had a little trouble here the first time because i didn't realize you could blow up those cannons on the side of the lower portion Mm, yeah but if you do then you can get a nice little standing area where you'll be like caught on this corner and you're so you can shoot diagonally without moving and sometimes you can you know when that the upper part the true weak spot is moving around up there you can Mm -hmm. get a a nice uh firing position yeah and that little flying thing stops and like lowers weird paddles or something yeah yeah i don't know (laughs) i don't not very deadly it's very easy to uh avoid at that point and that's when you really want to just pile on the 
the bullets. Yeah, it'll it'll do that part thing where it shoots some rings and patterns, but those are destructible. So as long as you keep your bullets flying, you will be fine. Yeah, you take this thing out, and then you get to move on to your next overhead level, level four. Don't let Black Viper bug you. Oh. Is the title of this one because you are now in an alien hellscape. <laughs> uh, you really just flipped the switch. Like you walked right into this horrible bug infested world. Yes, you. This level is full of these those weird like slug. Yeah, they're called experimental squid like mandiabla. Mm. <laughs> mandiabla. Uh, they'll come at you. Yeah, Nelson Mandiabla. Uh, gotcha. They'll come in from the sides of you know, kind of at a diagonal clip usually. Yeah, they're. But the weird part about them is they always come in a place that seems to be very far away from you, so you have plenty of time to shoot them. Oh yeah, and I never had any trouble with those guys. Nope, it's the it's the spiders. Um, well. They're not really spiders. I don't know what they are, but they're really cool-looking creatures. Yeah. They don't really look like they fit in Contra as much. (laughs) Right, right. But, yeah, they they pop out of these uh, gross giant sack things. Yeah, you destroy those, and, like, three or four of them will come out. Well, I think it's just three because you get one that goes left, one that goes right, one that goes down, and then one Uh at a 45-degree angle. Gotcha. And Um, they just don't stop. No, I generally would just run past these things. Like, you can just keep trucking and... You know, some of them will accumulate a bit at the bottom if you slow down, but and there are certain sections you can just run through and not blow them up. But if you do fight them, this is one of the areas I found the flame gun to actually be pretty useful because I can see that when you explode one of those and then you have the spiders, it hits all of them. Yeah, one of one shot will just kill them all, and when the, it divides, gotcha. And towards the end of the level, you get a new like a physical hazard. These weird bony protrusions yeah. <laughs> shoot out of the walls. Yeah, they'll come from left and right. and At first, they're really no trouble at all. They're telegraphed. You have plenty of time to get around them. Yeah. It's just that toward the end, they're so tight with each other, it becomes more of a timing kind of thing. You know, like a, your classic spikes from the ceiling alternating. Yeah, yeah. You, you've dealt with this many times. It, the only re- thing that makes it a little tricky here is that you are kind of slow moving, so it can be... You just got to just time it right, man. But once you clear all of those, you are treated to quite an interesting looking boss. This is the experimental spider moth Giwala. Oh, it's a spider moth. Yeah. It doesn't have any wings. Definitely. I think this is the hardest boss in the game. It definitely moves around in a much more unpredictable and violent method than any other one you fight. It shoots a little late. What is it? It shoots projectiles out of its mouth. Yes, but it, no, no, it shoots projectiles. Or yeah, it shoots lasers from its butt that bounce right. around. Yeah. And it shoots uh, like a spread type thing out of its mouth. Yes. So it's it's all about finding that there's a sweet spot around in between. The butt lasers. You kind of got to stay close because they, they won't get right in front of it, but it moves left and right and will speed up as you damage it. Mm. So yeah, then, that's the part I was talking about where it becomes really the only one where you're like, oh my God, I got to like run from this thing. It's a little hairy, yeah. And you don't move fast like you said, so it, it is tough. <laughs> the homing makes it pretty easy because you can really just focus on your dodging and let the bullets do the work. I can see that. The screen's so small that I feel like a, a fully powered spread would do plenty as well. It will. And you can defeat this boss, even though it is the hardest, and move on to the final stage of the game named... Viper's Lab, the Kitchen of the Cursed. Well, good. That's not nearly as good as, <laughs> as what I was hoping yeah, for. Yeah, it's so weird. I don't know what. There's nothing kitcheny here. No, in fact, you were like in a. Really, if anything, it's more of a laboratory. Yeah. Because right away, 
you will see a very technological floor and ceiling, which to me, I was like a little disappointed. I was like, oh, we're not going to go into a creature again. Right, right. But you are greeted with uh, these giant tanks, and I always love a good big background tank. Yep. Although these ones are double copyright infringement because <laughs> uh, some of them contain your classic H.R. Geiger facehugger alien. Yep, yep. I think by far the most mentioned human being on this podcast. Yeah, we, he keeps coming. Hey, we can't help it, man. He's an inspirational fella. Uh, but also uh, the intellectual property of Nintendo themselves, the Metroids, are also oh. up on display. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, so it is very uh, interesting. But as you walk past them, of course you knew it. Some of those facehuggers are going to jump out at you. Yeah. So be ready. They're, they're, they only take a shot or two to kill even with yeah. your normal gun. So it's, it's more about just getting them before they land on the ground and start scurrying around. And they look horribly gross. Yeah. Because they don't look way. like a facehugger when they come out. They look like a skinned cat or something with yeah. no head. Yeah, or like a like a shellless scorpion or something. Like yeah. The tail, it's, I don't know. It's gross in a good way. Yep. Uh, but, again, this whole area is really fairly easy. There are a lot of guys that start running at you. And to me, it's the first vertical part. That's where it gets rough. Yeah, the first time I got here, it's a, it's a pretty lengthy elevator section you know it's where yep. it's scrolling up at a set pace it starts off with some soldiers coming out and those uh aforementioned face huggers will be jumping out of walls and stuff yeah and they really time them quite well to be coming out at the same time so where you have very very little room to move around in yeah you got to be quick but it gets uh it gets trickier when you start getting to those laser beam emitter on the ceiling deals or the ones on, on the, the wall yeah yeah which at first I lost a lot of lives here because I didn't realize that really you just have to duck and wait for them to shoot twice, and that's it. Like, I thought they would, there would be a little more to it, but mm-hmm. just be careful, too, because the whatever engine or whatever they're coming out of, you cannot jump on it. It looks like it might be a platform. Right, it is not. It will kill you. Uh, but before that, and then all throughout this level, there are these, these ceiling-mounted turrets. Yes, yeah. Which are awful because they're almost impossible to hit if you creep up on them. Yeah, you got to go full. You got to keep running and you can shoot diagonally. And if as long as you don't stop, you can actually dodge their bullets yeah. and kill them. But if you, a moment's hesitation. Yeah, and uh, they were awful. Just pure awful. But, you know, if you can get through them, you can make it up that really long elevator. Then you uh, are traded to a very brief area with these pods on the ceiling. Yeah. And what are those? Those emit like homing things or? I, I can't remember. remember what comes out of them. Something does. Well, neither of us can actually remember what comes out of them. They can, they're not that deadly. <laughs> no, I, I think it's some sort of like weird, I don't know, it's some, it drops a creature of some sort. You seem to think it's a homing creature. It could be. I mean, maybe. The problem is, is right least... after that is the final boss of this game. And when I first played through this, I didn't realize it was the final boss. Right. This boss is unlike anything you've seen. This is, yeah, the cyborg soldier. Yeah, uh, he is super cool looking. Yeah, I really like this boss. He, he kind of reminds me of that gargoyle looking thing in uh contra 3 alien okay, wars yeah it's a kind of guyver-esque suit yeah he flies around he does an attack where he'll shoot his hands off and yeah they'll, they'll come down and swoop after you and then and like, fly around they'll fly around they can like lock onto the ceiling for a minute and then return to him he flies around yep it shoots uh, he's uh, got like a kind of insect wings back area mm-hmm. and then it will like go over his head yeah, yeah. Throw another weird attack. It's uh, it's an interesting and awesome boss, really. But it's really not that tough, though. That is the problem. You know, he doesn't really come down to the ground very often. And therefore, it's pretty easy to dodge most of his attacks. 
And if you have the homing or that spread, you can just stay in the opposite corner and just destroy this thing. Yeah, I I think this is like the first or one of the few bosses in the entire series that actually has more than just one pattern or, you yeah. know, he's got a few different attacks. So it's a, it's a welcome change and it's cool, but... It just should have had more life or something. Yeah, it's pretty easily blown away. And that's why I didn't realize it was the final boss. Because once you've blown him away, a door opens and now you, there's another corridor to go down. Yeah, and you'll get some like lightning barriers that come down from the ceiling. Yeah, you got to watch out for those. It's all timing based. So you, I really was warming up for the final big battle here. You think this is where it's going to happen. And it is. You get to the end of this corridor and Mother Brain herself <laughs> is right there. It's pretty much Mother Brain. Um, a giant tank with a I mean, there's really no way to describe this thing without saying it's a Metroid. It's like a Yeah. a ball thing with like teethy tentacles coming off of it. I guess that's and this is Black Viper itself, I guess. And then it doesn't even attack you, and you just stand there and shoot this thing. Yeah, you slowly <laughs> crack the case, and then you destroy it. Yeah, it's very similar to, you know, the big heart at the end of the first one, except, again, no enemies are coming at you, so it's extremely easy. Yeah, it is a little bit of a letdown, I yeah, think. I agree. Especially because the cracking looked so cool. Like, if there was just something going on to, like, yeah. make you feel like, oh, God, danger. A turret or something. You know? Or, you know, like a, a timer. Anything to yeah, make you yeah. feel like, oh, God, I got to get this done. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's low stakes ending, I guess. It is. And then once you have destroyed this, you are uh, greeted with a classic Contra final image. Yeah, you get a little uh, pretty nicely animated uh, little helicopter coming off the, the island. island. And it, the island explodes. It's uh, not quite as animated as the NES, the first Contra, but mm-hmm. it, it looks really good. It does. And then what? Credit, and, credits go by then? And you get a very brief credits. And there you go. Good job. You saved the universe from the Black Viper. Well, here we are in the review portion of our show. And we, of course, we use the classic Nintendo Power Review System that has four categories, each category with a possible score from zero to five, starting with graphics and sound. So, how did you rank this game, Eric? I gave it a 3.5. As did I. I thought it was surprisingly good. It looks so much like the NES that Mm -hmm. I I knew what every enemy was before they did their thing. Yeah, there's not a huge variety of enemies, I guess, but not, not... It's not deficient in that way. No, and as we both said, the music is really good. Yeah, you get to hear some uh, remixes of uh, past hits. Yeah, the sound effects, they're all right. Nothing to write home about, but they don't really get in the way of anything, so I'm not going right. to ding them there. They're not grating. And as you said, there are even a few little uh, little flourishes in the background with like some moving leaves, and, and having that gradient gives a... a a field of death that you don't even get in the original Nintendo versions. Yeah, it uh, looks good. Next up, we have Play Control, Nick. And I gave this a 3.5 as well. I see. I'm, I gave it a 2.5. I feel like it mostly... I, is the okay. jump gotcha, huh? The jump, yeah. And I mean... I feel like, honestly, 3.5 is a little high. I should probably go down to 3.0 because there is that jump and some of the awkwardness of the overhead diagonal aiming. Yeah, I, I just... The, and again, the jump is its not... It is by far not the worst jump I've ever had. And they don't require you to use it in tricky areas that much. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I felt like 
you know, they understood what they were working with. Yeah, it's it's not perfect, but it doesn't get in your way. Next up is Challenge Factor, Nick. And what did you rank this game? I give it a 2.5. All right, I give it a 2.0, only because of the codes involved. Yeah. I mean, yes, there are just three continues, and that's not a lot, but... You can do a level select, and you can give yourself 10 men. Yeah, I mean, there are a few tough parts in the game, but it's it's so short that I feel that it gives you a fair amount of life or lives and continues to... You, you, after a little while of just playing with those, I know you could beat this game without the code. Yeah, if this was one of the ones you owned, one long car ride, and you'd have this <laughs> right. thing down. Sure, yeah. And then finally, we have theme and fun, Nick. I gave this a 3.0. All right. I gave it a 3.5. You know, I feel like it's a little bit better than the sum of its parts. Um, Mm -hmm. It really captures, to me, that contra fun. While the jump isn't exact, I'm used to that by now. (laughs) But, um, you know, missing that two-player action does hurt this game. But I think, you know, if you're looking for some bite-sized contra on the go, this really gets you what you want. It's definitely... uh, fun and it feels like you're moving through all these different places you know you know like we said i was always dismissive of game boy ports of nes games but since it's not really a port it's it's almost like a remix kind of a way it's like a little bite-sized well i personally would probably prefer either of the other two contras that came before to it if you've beaten those and you just want some more old classic contra this is a great place to go because it's got pretty much the same stuff it's changed up a little bit to keep it fresh, but uh, it's still got the fun that we all want. And that pretty much uh, answers my next question. Should you play this game, Nick? You should play Operation C. Yeah, it's, I think, a hidden gem. You know, and that's not a word we use all the time, but it's one I'll use for this because I was just, you know, not expecting it to be on the Contra level it is. Yeah, it's it's... It's always easy to think of it. It's only like a Game Boy game where its main draw is its portability. Mm -hmm. But this is actually a a good, solid entry in the series. And the fact that it is a portable game means it's a little shorter. So in our busy lives nowadays, that's kind of a feature, not a, uh, a problem. Agree that. So definitely, if you can find a copy of this game or you see it on an emulator, go for it. It is not the full console version but this is definitely something to play if you are just sitting around hanging out by yourself i'd say so next week's game will be shinobi for the sega master system so grab a copy of that game any way you can find your controllers and play along friends and if you want to get a hold of us you can do so at cartridge command at gmail.com we'd like to hear from you guys and gals and uh, you know let us know do you think Black Viper is better than Red Falcon? Who would win in a fight? You be the judge. Oh, if he's got that, that robot, I, I definitely give him the edge and cool, mm, cool points. Yeah, yeah. But, of course, you can get in touch with us on Facebook as well at Cartridge Command. Uh, everyone likes to share some memories there, and we love hearing from you guys. So let us know if you uh, played through this game on any car rides and if you beat it in that first wave. Yeah, yeah. Now, of course, we let you know when new shows drop on Twitter at Cart Command, and this show is available on every single thing that makes podcasts happen, so please subscribe, tell a friend, help us get some more people listening. Every week, we always like to give a special thanks to those fine and wonderful folks at patreon.com slash cartridge command that give us their hard-earned dollars so that we can make this show happen. Yeah, the magic. 
it is magical because even in this last month uh, of December, we saw a couple new $1 donations and a couple people up their donations. And that was awesome. We love every amount anyone can give. I give a couple $1 donations to some of my favorite uh, podcasts as well because, hey, I don't have a ton of money either uh, to be throwing yeah. around, but I like to show my support where I can. Yeah, share and share alike. So thank you guys all so much and gals. We appreciate every dollar you do give to us. And as long as you keep giving us your hard-earned dollars, we'll keep, uh, well, making this show for you. So yeah. thank you. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, game, game on. on. Operation C for cookie. <laughs> it's good enough for me.